Welcome back to this brand new episode of That Sounds Made Up. I am your host, Matt Keeley. And I'm your co-host, Casey Ellis. And today I'm taking the driver's seat for a brand new type of little mystery uh, under the guise of That Sounds Made Up. Now, we are expanding our little definition lately in these brand new episodes. Namely, we're going to examine something... That's not necessarily a folklore or history-based thing that sounds made up, but rather we're going to step into something that when I heard it, I said, that sounds made up. Oh, I'm intrigued. We're moving out of the paranormal, you're saying? Yeah. Okay. We're going we're gonna to try something new. Um, so I have two terms for you, Casey. Ooh, termy term terms. Termy terms. Uh, this first one is Veblen Good. Ah. In economic theory, a product that is more in demand as its price increases because of its exclusive and coveted nature. Okay, see, I I was thinking it was just some old, like, ye old English, like, whenever something was very good and, and, and pleased you so much, you had to add extra syllables, like, syllables to it. That have been good. Yes, Sir Veblen Good, protector <laughs> of the realm. Uh... <laughs> And uh, the second term is experiential CV, in which a it's a psychological term regarding a collection of memorable experiences which give consumers a sense of accomplishment and progress to enhance their own self-worth. Oh, you see, I was thinking it's whenever someone has uh, playing around with trying to do CVs or cartoon voices. Yeah, what's up, Doc? Yeah, yeah, put some more time in the lab, Matt. Okay. <laughs> Today's topic ventures into the world of luxury culinary creations. Namely, <laughs> the world's most expensive sandwich. Okay. Yes. Uh, now, I don't know about you, but I am a fan of sandwiches. I I have uh, been very pro sandwich throughout my life, even with the pressures of the uh, the pasta uh, lovers trying to to shove me away from the the love of the, the the two slices of bread and the filler. But I have stoutly stood by my love of sandwiches. Hell yeah! This this particular topic uh, is one that I heard of and just. Could not believe it until I did a little more deep digging. But there is an entire culture uh, among restaurateurs and chefs uh, around creating these these incredibly extravagant, indulgent creations of very, very cheap items. So you're talking like 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 gold flaked ramen noodles or some shit? Oh boy, just you wait. Um, the first sandwich uh, in our research is the Guinness Book World Record uh, in two th- 2014 for the most expensive sandwich in the world. This one's called the Quintessential Grilled Cheese. <laughs> yeah, so you start off with a couple pieces of rye bread. You want to use some garlic butter on there, maybe a gouda or a brioche to fill in the cheese, and then you put the Hope Diamond right in the center. Mm-hmm. Never mind the chew. You spit it out on the plate and take a picture of it afterwards. 
Now, the diamond's going to give you a real tough mouthfeel. you got to power through that. Really mealy uh, around the crust. <laughs> That's why any, any jewels or rubies, you got to marinate for at least 6 to 12 hours. It's been, like, churning around in the upper mantle of the Earth's crust for, like, millennia. you got to give that some time. Now, the quintessential grilled cheese is served on two pieces of French Pullman champagne bread, which is made with Dom Perignon man, uh, champagne and edible gold flakes, with white truffle butter, and a very rare Cacchiovelo Podicello cheese. There's always gold flakes in this bullshit. Yeah. It's paying exorbitant amounts of money so that you can literally shit gold. That's all gold flakes ever do. Well, and you know, like, uh, very high-end champagnes and wines, what have you, things like Dom Perignon, those are companies that, that fuss over every little bit of the, the flavor profile to try and give you the best version of of a champagne glass or, or what have you. Yeah. And you are taking that time-tested, expertly designed, crafted liquid, and you're just, like, dunking bread in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're gonna make this taste just like that! <laughs> you know, when you take that high-value truffle and you put some Cheeto dust on it, that's pretty damn tasty. You can sell it for hundreds of dollars. Yeah. Um, but no, this is a, a fancy upscale New York restaurant, so they'd be more like, Hey, fuck you, pay me! Oh, Lord. Uh, it, the sandwich is served with a South African lobster tomato bisque as a dipping sauce. Oh, fuck you, New York. Yeah. It sells for 214 U.S. dollars at Serendipity 3 in New York, New York. You know, for that price, your shit had better come out gift-wrapped. I mean, I'd I'd hate to flush it away. That's like half a paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Um. Who flushed however, my investment? It's it's a terrible return on investment. Oh yeah. Well, you know, you heard about blue chip investments. This is a brown chip. Got <laughs> Um, but not to be outdone, then comes along. Red's Golden Gourmet, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, which comes with all-natural peanut butter, cherry jam, fresh blueberries, bananas, crispy premium bacon and honey, artfully arranged between two slices of gourmet egg brioche bread, toasted golden brown. Okay, you know, I'll go ahead on the record and say, if even if I just went to go get the basic ingredients for a PB&J from Whole Foods, I'm still going to need a cosigner by the time I get to the checkout. Right? So, well, uh, these, the... these peanuts were, you know, uh, the most organic, free-range, cruelty-free legumes you can find. They slap on so many more labels and add surcharges for everything when it's a PB&J. Just slather some cheap-ass stuff and gulp it down. If these menu items that you're reciting to me were at least the high-value menu items, I would be less pissed off. I mean, I'm still pissed off people spending hundreds of dollars on a sandwich, but if it was, okay, I'm going to go get a really nice bit of prime rib or lobster 
tale or eggs florentine something that has a a culinary cachet about it and some gravitas that's at least decadence in the realm of understanding this is something that requires skill or like expensive training or ingredients yeah that's like this is like saying yes this is a an emerald ground dusted hot pocket (laughs) and we don't cook it in a microwave we place it in a cold fire sundial (laughs) used by the ancient sumerian people Uh, it has to be flown in from guadalajara (laughs) yeah um however that's not all each half of this mouth-watering PB&J sandwich then gets speared with two 24-karat gold-plated vermeil toothpicks. Even the utensils that go into creating the, the sandwich have to be ornate. Yep. These toothpicks are made from pure sterling silver and come with a custom black leather toothpick holder. And it's so sliced. And it is sliced them. in half by the sword of King Herod. You get to lick it off the blade for an additional fifty dollars. <laughs> now, for... believe it or not, uh, Red's Golden Gourmet is a small Bohemian gourmet cafe that you are going to find in historic Rosencrantz in Point Loma near San Diego, California. That's one of those places that has, like, three tables. One of them is the exclusive one in the grotto and has, like, a 12-month waiting list. (laughs) And, like, you have to have a credit check pass before you can even get on the list. Yes, the requirements are that you have to have a suit, tie, and they need to see your credit score. Yeah, well, there's a looming eviction crisis in the country. Anyway, they also Uh. serve... 13 other varieties of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. This is why other other countries hate America and we're going down in flames. One of the most in demand is Kieran's Cherry Coconut Dream PB&J, which they serve, and I quote here... No, no, fuck it, no. This isn't the only PB&J. Which they serve with a hug. God damn it. (laughs) Oh, I love the rage that this is inspiring in you. Oh, this is like a fundamental grassroots liberals nightmare. Yep. It's so out of touch. But you know what? Uh, I can't leave it with just New York and California lording that over our heads. No, no, no. And and you need a napkin, so here's the Shroud of Turin. <laughs> We pulled that off of uh, 100% organic mummy. <laughs> Would you like a placemat? This is the uh, Article 2 of the Declaration of Independence. Um, but not to be outdone. Stop West- using that phrase. No, I can't it, take it anymore. It is, it is the last... Okay. A new restaurant in Chicago's West Loop... Uh, that has chosen a name which clearly highlights its major attractions. The restaurant is named PB&J. If you give me for... one more fucking peanut butter and jelly sandwich, I'm going to have to leave, Matt. I, I don't know if I can take it. This PB&J well, rest... is enjoyed in low orbit from the International Space Station. 
This restaurant is literally named PB&J, which is an anagram for pizza, beer, and jukebox. Oh, this is some fucking trust fund baby who... <laughs> this is what, you know, the parents are letting them do. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. And and a lot of this is being directly quoted uh, from our, our article from the Chicago Reader here. Uh, the restaurant comes from a pair of nightclub refugees who left that industry with worries that it would never recover from the COVID-19 pandemic. Okay, you know the term refugee has a real-world application for people that are subjugated to some of the worst treatment imaginable that have had to pick up their lives from their homes and hopefully try to find some saving grace of asylum so they can get away from the social, economical, or political monstrous treatment that they've had and here we're using it to talk about a couple of douches draped in dracar noir and leisure suits that that had to leave the club industry sorry yeah. my my brain just had to go off for a second yeah um well you get to know the co-owner's name uh matthew mckayhill was inspired by our previous sandwich uh, with a $299 price tag, the uh, Golden Gourmet, as we previously mentioned. Well, as an asshole douche, I have to recognize asshole douche game and pay tribute. Exactly. Uh, he says, quote, it, uh, All it was was a gold toothpick. I thought that was boring. Oh. My middle finger can't rise to this occasion hard enough. <laughs> Their over-the-top attraction is a $350 peanut butter and jelly sandwich dubbed the Golden Goose. It oh. has to be ordered at least a day in advance, and it's an entire loaf of toasted bread made with edible gold leaf and layered with Maison Dutrier's red currant jam. Our toothpicks are an Olympic event. They're gold-plated, silver-plated bronze. <sighs> hate these people <laughs> this is the most expensive jelly in the world because it has been de-seeded by hand with goose quills that doesn't mean it's better it just means you did a, a stupider way to do it <laughs> if i buy a, a wine that was crushed with hundred dollar bills instead of feet that doesn't make the wine taste better Yes, but it is more expensive. <laughs> you have not had wine till you've had wine that's been kissed by Monsieur Franklin. It has been brewed with the tears of children out on the street after their mothers lost their homes because they could not afford rent due to the furlough of the coronavirus pandemic. Okay, tell me about the next fucking peanut butter and jelly sandwich, Matt. I know it's coming. Actually, the least expensive ingredient in this is the peanut butter, uh, Adam's All Natural, uh, which you can get with an MSRP of $5 per jar. Yeah, that shit's available at, like, Target. Yeah. Uh, however, it's then drizzled with Manuka honey, which is an ingredient native to New Zealand. <sighs> with an MSRP of the most expensive bottles going for about... Uh, $1,800 a jar. 
Well, we took However, a, we took a three dollar ninety nine cent bottle of Heinz ketchup, flew it to Kyoto, Japan, and back first class. So now it costs twelve hundred dollars. It's the same bottle of ketchup. <laughs> okay, they also offer PB and J's in loaf form, meaning the sandwiches are reassembled inside a bag, presented to diners, then sliced open table side no no i i do not adhere to this culinary mixology that people are up to nowadays where it's like oh would you like to have a rum and coke well and now it's in a hair gel you squeeze it into your hair and absorb it through your follicles i do not want peanut butter and jelly in loaf form the only things that are are appropriate in loaf form are bread or sometimes meatloaf, if it's done really well. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's at a certain point, it's performance art. You would, you care if, would you care for a loaf of chicken cordon bleu? Oh, yes, please. Let me, let me cut you off a slice. Let me toast it for you. <laughs> now, to be fair... $100 of each order of the Golden Goose is then donated to the Chicago Food Pantry for needy families. But I can't let these guys off the hook quite so easily. You know, I think we're still doing a paranormal episode because the ghost of American decency is flying away. It's just the upper class just like... They're bored. They're bored rich people who are like... I. How can I take this perfectly cheap staple of the American diet and then make it inaccessible for the for the commons? Is there any more gluttonous thought than what should I do with this money? Should I give it to this poor needy fellow on the street or should I eat it and later shit it out? Option B. Away to the gold loaf. Um, I took it upon myself to go on the internet and try and purchase these individual ingredients which uh, are all in the uh, golden goose. Uh, we have Adam's all-natural peanut butter, the cheapest of the ingredients, which you can get for $5 a jar or $29 for a pack of six, roughly. Um, the Dutria's red currant jam sells for 20 euros if you only order one jar. And that's not counting shipping costs, uh, but that equates to about twenty-four dollars. Uh, Manuka honey, the New Zealand uh, exported honey, goes for twenty-seven dollars at CVS. Jesus, I didn't know. I didn't know CVS had something that extravagant. That's where you go to get like Flintstone vitamins and like shitty, like replacement gifts for your like your nephew and you forget that their birthday is tomorrow oh yeah uh here's some um, um bubble soap go nuts here's some knockoff rc cars and the 30 dollar honey is for me yeah to be fair um manuka honey also has a lot of the like holistic medicine type folks they they lose their minds over it Oh, I'm sure that, that some spiritualist waved their arms over it, and now it costs 20 more dollars. Right. And then gold leaf sprinkles, depending on how you purchase it, 
you can get a $30 little canister of gold leaf sprinkles off of Amazon. Um, essentially, it's like birthday cake sprinkles, but, you know, without any nutritional value. I expect half of this shit to be for sale in, like, Gwyneth Paltrow's goop. <laughs> it's a very goop. And then you insert the manuka honey up your vulva. <laughs> taking time to spread it around and get yeast infections for the next two weeks. The scent of this concoction is also available in a candle. Yeah. Um, in total, it can cost you about $120 if you make your own bread to make your own version of the golden goose. But huh. still... It's just a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And how much were they charging? $350. Well, Matt, they gotta keep the lights on. And, I mean, there's a guy who cuts it open at your table. Well, that's money well spent. Yeah. Um, but not to leave it there, I did a little deeper digging into the psychology of why people spend so much money on these relatively innocuous items. And there's about four different schools of thought. Um, according to an article in the BBC, uh, the first is the it's an assumption of better quality that if it's more expensive than something else of the same uh, brand or type, inherently it must be better. I was having this conversation with a friend of mine just today, actually. Like, whenever you go to a store what versions of things will you accept the generic of and when do you want the real mccoy yeah there's there's been actual studies of uh placebo painkillers where uh people would take them uh and the respondents who thought they were getting the more expensive pill reported less pain that they would feel over like a series of experiments than the ones that thought they were just taking a sugar pill. You know, I would or, love to do a blind taste test with some of these folks at these bistros and have just each of them eat like a it's prepackaged like gas station peanut butter and jelly sandwich from Speedway and tell them all these extravagant things that are in it and have them go, oh, mm, yes, oh, I can taste all of the eccentricity and, and the culinary fussing about, and it costs like 87 cents with a big gulp. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't you know that these peanuts were hand-harvested by certified fair trade organic workers from Malaysia? Yeah. Um, Daniel Day-Lewis personally masticates all of these peanuts into a paste that go into the peanut butter. Yeah. Uh, another reason is uh, they describe it as searching for an ultimate experience. Uh, think of, like, those really, really rich yuppies who just collect Ferraris. Well, there's at least something that you get to keep with that. It's stupid and overpriced, but I would rather be able to sit in my Ferrari day after day than to be thinking, oh boy, remember that peanut butter sandwich? Yeah, yeah. On a smaller level, it's a story that you can tell your friends. It's like, uh, even on a simpler level, it's like, hey, I ate bacon-flavored ice cream. It was something new. Okay, counterpoint to that, though. I feel like at some point, some of these people have to have a down day in the market, and then their whole money supply is ruined, 
and their their lot in life has completely flipped and they're like applying for uh, financial assistance and they're, they're, then they recall in the back of their mind the taste <laughs> of the $500 sandwich and then just a little tear falls. And the last gold flake exits their rectum. <laughs> Directed by David Lynch. Oh my goodness. Uh, the third reason is uh, affectionately described as flashing the cash or as a display of social status. A professor at USC, uh, uh, Elizabeth Currid Halkett, says that people among the top income groups in America are increasingly buying less conspicuous luxury goods like high organic end groceries in place of more conspicuous things like designer handbags. Okay. These are things to purposefully uh, flout their status in life. Has rich person culture gone so far off the radar like of reasonable that <laughs> we, we we can't see a rich person and go oh there's a mink coat oh there is uh their bel-air mansion oh there's the rolls royce no 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 now it's oh look at the the marbling on on, on that you know like baloney mm-hmm. oh my goodness i couldn't afford that sandwich Somehow it seems more insulting to the the lower class. Yeah, and I'm I'm genuinely trying to think of anything else you can do with that other than like taking a picture of it, sharing it on like Instagram and being like I had the best sandwich of my life. Hashtag PB and J hashtag YOLO. Yeah. <laughs> hashtag dollar 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 bills. And the last factor is just simply the feel-good factor of purchasing a material good. However, scientifically, this is uh, confirmed to be the least amount of return on, like, emotional satisfaction. Oh, yeah, there's got to be buyer's remorse as soon as that plate is clean. Because you might be like, Mr. Fancy, having my fancy food, and then after it's all gone, it's almost kind of like, that moment after you masturbate where it's like, what have I done? Uh, what's what's wrong with me? The fuck? It all, reality just comes rushing back to you. And then you have the bill, and then you have to tip. Yeah. What do you tip for the, the gilded PB&J? Are you tipping 20% on that? Although That's... I, you know, I've been in the service industry before. I was a a valet for a a, a very fancy uh, historic hotel at one point in my life when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that yeah, there's two types of rich people. There's no median. There's either the person that flashes a shitload of cash when they tip because they want to feel like a big shot, or there's the miser that doesn't tip for anything and has a bunch of special requests. Oh, the Ebenezer Scrooges of the beginning and end of Christmas Carol. <laughs> or as we kindly call them, fart cars. You fart, fart in the... Cars. Yeah, you fart that car up. <laughs> and these people are all going to be driving fart cars home. I guarantee it. Yeah. But yeah, that uh, is my deep dive on the world's most expensive peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Well, I can't say I enjoyed it, Matt, but I don't I think either. I don't think any of these people really enjoy it either. Nope. 
Uh, but it was something that I saw that I thought, what does this say about the world as it, we see it now? It, it certainly sounds made up, but right. sadly it's not. I would ask you on a scale of believability. Uh, you know, in this day and age, I'll believe anything decadent that the rich are cooking up because this disparity between the classes is getting almost like Bolshevik revolution territory here. For real. But that's Fulton Market in Chicago West Loop. If any of our listeners would like to drop $350. And just to reiterate, our sponsor today has been Fulton Market. Um, if you... <laughs> Fulton Market, where you go if you have fuck you money. Uh, well, yeah, so this was out of our typical territory. I, I'm kind of intrigued by doing a couple of these little side dives out of the paranormal for things that are just, like, so ridiculous that they sound unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it too, listeners. Uh, the sources for this story was the Chicago Eater, Insider, ABC7 News, LuxPursuits.com, and the BBC. And if you enjoy this podcast, please uh, give us a review, subscribe, give it a like, share it to anyone that you think might enjoy the ridiculous shit that we're talking about. Including gold flakes out your butt. <laughs> we just appreciate the support. All right, thank you so much for listening. Uh, I'm your host, Matt Keeley. I'm your co-host, Casey Ellis. And I'll tell you what, I'm hankering for a PB&J, and I'm going to go make one in my kitchen for the grand total of, like, 45 cents. We encourage you to do so, too, listeners. Stay safe. See ya. Take care. <laughs>